Blog Talk Radio. podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Take it away. I know. (laughs) I love that. Every time I hear that, I honestly think of, you know, taking it down the road, going down the road and just, you know, talking as we walk and talk. I don't know. (laughs) My brain is in a different place today. So here we are. We are on another trip. How was your week? I'm going to just jump in. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, my week's been just kind of blah. I, um... Uh, I've not accomplished very much. I think I mentioned last week I got the edits back on my book and I was taking some time, quote, unquote, off to just focus on that, you know. Um, but my my day job, the, sh- the shop, is not a – I can't really take a break from that job. Like I cannot yeah. be on the floor <laughs> dealing with customers, but I'm still the the main buyer. I'm still the main pricer. I do all of that stuff. So – uh, I do all the reporting and the, you know, sending things to the bookkeeper and payroll. Like I do all of those things. So um, I can't really take that time off. And what I've noticed is when I'm procrastinating, I do all the busy work for my day, my quote unquote day job, you know? So I'll be like, okay, I need to dig into these edits. How about I update my spreadsheet? <laughs> How about I, I order some jewelry how about we need books I'll go because you know I'm going to admit it like I got a lot of Venus in my chart I like buying stuff and so having a retail business really fulfills some of my shop need you know my purchasing need I can go and I've I spent hours we've expanded our book selection at the shop and I rearranged some things last month so uh, to keep a lot more books in stock because I've expanded our, our book collection and I've had so much fun scrolling through different like esoteric publishers. Like, ooh, this uh-huh. book sounds good. 
maybe I'll order an extra one for myself. Ooh, this book sounds uh-huh. good. I, I've, oh, my God, it's been really good and really distracting. And then this week, even that motivation came to a grinding halt, and I didn't do much. I watched, there's a show on Netflix called The Order, which is like college, magical werewolves, witches. I love it. And I basically uh-huh. watched two seasons of that this week. That's what I've done. <laughs> That's what I've accomplished. <laughs> So I'm like on one hand, I'm recognizing I probably needed a bit of a pause and I needed like my mental health needed a break and I'm mm-hmm. beating myself up because that's what I do for not doing more. Uh, so right. yeah, that's, that's basically it. Like giving myself permission and beating myself up all at the same time. <laughs> that's, you like know, you the do. duality. That's duality. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah. How are you? How's your week? Well, it's part of, you know, duality is, you know, life and death. And it seems that my particular week started out, well, the weekend was really good and I got a lot accomplished. And as I have been saying, I'm packing my house up. So I did major things with, you know, packing some things up and Paring stuff down and, you know, there's no way I'm going to totally make this look like I don't live here. I can't stage it like a generic house. There's no possible way, but I have certainly started making it look like an artisan lives here. So <laughs> rather than a <laughs> artisan witch lives here, you know, that kind of thing. Right. <laughs> so, but in the process, the week, the actual work week began with, my daughter calling me, and I eventually call, I had to call her back because I was engaged at the time she called to find out that someone that she knows next door to them where they live, they have their house, they bought their house um, actually five years after they had rented a house across the street from where they're living, and this neighbor has been their neighbor for all of that 10 years, and so the husband and wife, and the wife got COVID, and she proceeded to... Um, start to heal from it and unfortunately I guess like Monday morning early she succumbed she couldn't breathe and then of course she the paramedics came out and and it wasn't she didn't make it and my daughter was devastated and it is and and, you know this is not the first death that she has dealt with in the last month of people she's known and they're older people because, you know, my daughter's like me. We, we have a tendency to be around older people. We, we gravitate. It's not that we don't have our own age brackets, but somehow that's the way we function. And yeah. the gentleman that passed away earlier in, you know, a month, was probably the end of last month was um, a gentleman they had known also, in that area and he had moved away with his wife and you know he had several illnesses and and succumbed to one of them and she couldn't see him before he passed whereas her neighbor next door she actually you know from a distance or whatever she could see because you know they've got like a huge property so they they can wave from their porches if choose to um but unfortunately that you know came up on her world and I live in a senior park, so if you think that senior 
facilities, parks, apartments, living structures, whatever you want to put put us in, it's senior. So you know Mm -hmm. there's like a, a groupie. Well, the gentleman that lives next door to me, turned 90 um, last year and has been very spry in many ways and very alert and, and you know, he's having, he was having a hard time walking. But he had an emergency um, intestinal surgery and he obviously, there were other things that came up. Unfortunately, Wednesday, I dropped his paper off at his porch door and I couldn't get a hold of him. And so mm. I had it, you know, I... He leaves his door open when he wakes up, so he was obviously up. And I, I found that I didn't find his body, but I knew that his body was sitting in front of the bedroom door because I couldn't open it. Mm. And That's so, so I found out he had, he had you know, he passed of a heart attack. And, you know, so that affected me. And there was a lot of, you know, so there's been like life-death process. Um, and... The, you know, closing down my home and my shrines and my, my you know, thing is a death process as well. So I think it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing. And, of course, I think every one of us is feeling uh, we're tired. We're all tired of the, the intensity, yeah. the high, you know, high profile of everything. You know, Absolutely. double mask and, and, you know, do this and you know, all this stuff. And, um yeah, it's, it's, we're, it's wearing. Yeah. So I could, I could see for why sure wearing. I've seen a lot of people comment like that they feel like they've hit another wall, or they're feeling really low, or they're just. It's there's something about this particular moment that's mm-hmm. a little bit like we're we're feeling the we're feeling worn down, which makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's been and, rough. Well, it's been rough, and um, but all all in all, I mean. Um, it, for my week, it's, it's been going over, um, things like I actually, I I pulled some books out of my bookcase that I'm, you know, I'm going through my books, um, packing them. And I found, um, I'm in a volume of who's who in America and I had gotten, you know, one of them and I, it was back way back, way back, um, and I was like, oh, my God, I didn't realize, you know, I, like I forgot about it. Or, you know, some of like my mother's, my mother's handwritten recipe book, which, you know, looks kind of beat up. And since I don't cook, but my brother does, I want to give it to him. So I, you know, yeah. connected, I'm connecting with him to send it to him. So some things were, you know, are, are very enlightening and other things are just, drudging, you know, like I got to go to the grocery store. I got to go, you know, do this. I, you know, that kind of stuff. So, and, you know, even today I get to have my, uh, because I'm on Medicare, we have to have wellness um, exams. And um, (laughs) I didn't want to go in. They gave me a choice. I said, I don't want to go into the wellness exam based on everything going on. So there, you were doing a, a video wellness check, which I find really kind of amusing because, of course, I had to take my weight. I'll have to take my temperature. And a friend of mine has a, um, she's a nurse. She has a um, blood pressure cup, so I'm going to have to take my blood pressure. You know, I'm like, 
and then I'm going to sit in front of this, but I was trying to get everything up and running last night, and, of course, Mercury Retrograde was perfect. It all went to shit <laughs> in the handbasket, you know? And I, was, yeah. I went through, you know, I tried my phone, I tried my tablet, I have a laptop, so it's my laptop. Everything else kept saying, this is not supporting the system. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I put everything, all the necessary things are installed. And I'm like, so that's been my, my week. Finalizing in trying to do this task that I know in Mercury Retrograde is going to be hard anyway. And it, you know, it wasn't like I predetermined it. It was just like, okay, computer glitches? Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Sounds about right. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? So, and on that, we need to jump into our, our topic for today, which I find interesting. I was... I knew we were going to do, you know, the brother-sister thing of Artemis was last week, and, of course, we're doing Apollo. And um, I have mixed feelings about Apollo, but I, I will let you – yeah, I do. I, I'm kind of, you know – I want to hear that. I want to hear that. And it's funny because you just told me before that you really kind of like the guy, and I'm like going – Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, what's okay? So I feel like I have to preface that. So I don't. I may have talked about this on other shows. I don't know. I I can't remember what I say anymore. I just have to pretend like every time I say something, it's new. <laughs> there you go. I like that idea. But I. So for for you know, I started practicing witchcraft and paganism as a teenager, and you know, back then in the nineties, a lot of the books that were available because you know the internet didn't really exist yet, at least not in my world. Um, there was this this idea somehow that you had to have a patron and a patroness and you were supposed to narrow it down to one god and one goddess and I was never really able to do that and I did narrow it down to one goddess who sort of was like my entryway goddess into more practicing Uh, but it wasn't Mm -hmm. for many many years that I started to really maybe even define myself as a polytheist where I work with many gods and it wasn't for many, 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 many years that I worked with male deity in any way, shape, or form. For me, a lot what was what was appealing about witchcraft and paganism was the feminine power. I was mm-hmm. interested in the god, in the goddess, a goddess, any goddess. I didn't care about male deity because I felt like our world was already so invested in male deity in the form of the Christian God, you know, like he gets enough energy for all the gods in the world. So I wasn't into it. And, uh, and it was a really long time, like not even 10 years before ago, like that I started Mm -hmm. working with male deity and, and the first real male God who came into my life and, and sort of changed things is, is uber masculine Thor uh, and now Dionysus, although I don't really consider Dionysus to be a male deity, he's queer and gender fluid and something very feminine in his masculinity. So, um, mm-hmm. but so I didn't have the opportunity really because I was so disinterested in any male gods that I didn't even attempt to learn about many of them. So in doing the research, of course, I know a little bit about Apollo. I've read about Apollo. I've, I've I know about him because of Artemis. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, the episode we did last week. Uh, but this, you know, getting ready for this show, I did a lot more research. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> He's like, 
Mm-hmm. The God of all the things I'm most interested in. How fascinating. So I'm curious about what it is that feels complicated because I'm like, it's a, it feels, it's a whole new world for me. <laughs> well, you know, I guess <clears throat> one of the, I mean, I found it fascinating because, of course, you know, Apollo, they, they, the first thing they want to say is the sun god, and he's really the god of light or brilliance. It's not, <clears throat> it's not sun because Helios in the right. Greek pantheon is sun. Yeah. So yeah, they tried to supplant kind of, Helios with Apollo. Yeah. yeah. And it, it kind of fell flat on its face, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the thing, as I was reading, is that it became to me when. Like he 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 took over the the aspects obviously of Artemis. He took over the aspects of a lot of goddesses, and of course, you know, uh, the goddess energy, the mother energy, the whole dynamic of energy. But I found the fact that he is um, that his particular energy became one with the oracles. But this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna quote this because. Mm-hmm. Really, it was one of those where I went, oh, my God, that is happening. And it's it's the reverse of what's happening now, but it's been what's happening. And it's from the women, the Woman's Encyclopedia of Myth and Secrets by Barbara G. Walker. Now, as you were saying about starting your, your quest with the goddess and the feminine energy, I, mm-hmm. too, obviously started way back, but during that time of that blossoming, but her statement here about the Apollonian priests naturally directed their energies toward conquest of the oracles. And it's, quote, the mm-hmm. reason why a DDP associated with political conquest and orders should take possession of oracular shrines is obvious. Oracles were the chief means of controlling public opinion and public action, and to control the oracles was as necessary to a political god as it is to later politicians to control the press or education, unquote. Mm. And I went, aha. Now, maybe it's because mm. that is playing out right now in our yeah. United States, but specifically the world and, and, you know, meaning in general the world, but specifically the United States. Is the idea that a, ma- a male-dominated point of reference takes yeah. over the feminine, but subservient? She becomes subservient to his needs, the needs, and mm-hmm. then what happens is it's through that control they control the rest of everybody. And the Christian churches did the exact same thing when they basically, which I thought was even funnier, took control of Apollo and made him <laughs> basically he became a junior quote large g god unquote because he he basically um he sought interventions and illness healing miracles right. you know these were part of his you know apollo's side of the world but they eventually yeah. did this they gave him the title of benedictus good speaker and he was eventually canonized and became saint benedict Hmm. So I mean, I was I was like, I think it's because Apollo started out as taking over things that instead of doing it as a brother sister process, he basically just took everything over. And 
Yeah. Yes, that is the patriarchal consciousness of what was happening in the world. So the God represented the, really, I mean, he represented the people that were doing it. It wasn't him because going back, I'm sure, to the more ancient traditional God that was be considered an Apollo, he mm-hmm. probably wasn't. He was much more fluid. He was much more um, open and worked with the goddess because she basically, from what I've been reading, is that you know she he was her counterpart, but also worked with her, and she yeah. was the guiding force. See, and that totally changed. So I mean, I'm not angry at Apollo. I'm just I just find that what was done and the the deity itself that changed their the dynamics then proceeded to to play all the games that the other gods and the male gods did yeah. with all the other female goddesses and this was a brother and sister and they were supposed to be the balance because as twin twins mm-hmm. usually it's light and dark of you know, a, a particular thing, these became the male-female. And it was yeah. never done as a negative. That was not what started. Right. And right. So anyway, that's well, my rant. I'll shut it, up. No, I totally appreciate that. And if you look at it, like if you if you can take it a step backwards almost and, you know, divorce it from Greek culture, which is impossible to do, but, you know, the this concept of twins, of male and female, and what we in our modern culture consider more masculine and more feminine energies, they almost mm-hmm. are reversed, you know, where Artemis is like the huntress and wild and refuses to settle down and it has all of this very, what are in our modern United States, at least thinking, that seems like very masculine things where Apollo is like, interested in art and culture and music and dancing, right? Those are quote unquote more feminine things in our modern culture and awareness and, and whatever. So, you know, there is this interesting balance of these twins where the subjects that they get, you know, credit over or whatever um, mm-hmm. don't necessarily match our modern ideas of what are more masculine or feminine to be binary because, you know, that we are talking about a very binary concept here. It's much more complicated mm-hmm. than that, of course, but, you know, for, for, for this, at least, you know, you can kind of see that those polarities coming out to play. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I also think, there is this interesting way of, you know, when things were written down, right? Because all of these stories and gods existed before things got written down. And once they started to get written down, things started, culture started to shift and change. The, mm-hmm. uh, the Titans getting locked up by Zeus and being controlled by Zeus reflects a huge cultural change in that part of the world where humans mm-hmm. went from, more of a, a agrarian, natural worshiping of the elements to the, the sky father and his cronies who were now in charge, quote unquote, you know. And you can see this reflected in the relationship between Zeus and Apollo, where Apollo, upon birth, decides he's going to bring Zeus's wisdom to the people. He wants to be a god for right. the people. 
Mm-hmm. And Zeus manipulates that a lot. Zeus totally manipulates that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And in some stories, you can see how Apollo attempts to shift that, break that, slow it down, um, maybe not just be the good the good son who follows all the rules. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a little bit of that. So, so maybe I'm just looking at it all with rose-colored glasses, but, um, you know, it seems like a lot of the that cultural influence comes from Zeus. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to make Zeus the bad guy. That's kind of what I do. So, <laughs> Well, he, can, he, he kind of led the charge, shall we say. Right. But, it, you know, interesting is that, yes, he is, he is the god of prophecy, music, medicine, um, was it magic, the arts, spiritual, you know, spirituality, the woodlands, but justified revenge or justified, you know, a justified um, retaliation. And that's the one thing he actually, and I think you're talking about, I think you, you probably got that right because basically Apollo decided to, shall we say, does this sound familiar? Pardon Orestes for killing his mother. And because she had been bad, and so, of course, because she had been bad, he had to kill her, and that was okay. And that was okay. (laughs) And that was okay. So my whole being was kind of taken back by the fact that he did this, and suddenly came from all of this other stuff, but then they kind of sheltered it, and I think it came from the same ideas that if you know you first of all he wanted the tolerance as a god he wanted tolerance for his followers he wanted tolerance that his followers have tolerance, and if you think of that, but then you know if you do something bad then you get punished, kind of a thing. I think Zeus had some major hand in that shall we say to change it yeah totally and I think that from a bigger picture too shows more cultural information and how there was this shift in Greek ancient Greek culture to more patriarchal more hierarchical uh, more Mm -hmm. focused power you know and so I've said this before and I joke about it all the time when I do classes about the gods, but you know, all the writings of the Greek gods were not necessarily written down by the gods, you know, like, like many people believe that the Christian Bible is God's words, right? That's not right. true in, in the Greek system. These, the Greek stories are basically fan fiction that were written down no. by writers of the time. And we take them as, what everyone believed, but it was like this popular soap opera. It was fan fiction. It was, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, we've taken like, um, Oh, Homer, you know, we take Homer's words and we're like, Oh, this is what Greek myth is. Well, we don't know that it's just because it's written down that we're going to believe it, you know? So I think it's also super important when getting involved with any deity of course, do the reading, of course, learn the mythology, of course, do all of those things, but also use discernment, the witch's most important tool, in my opinion, is discernment, and have a personal relationship and see what of what you have read feels like the person or the entity you're engaging with, what of what you have read feels like it's truth, 
you're allowed to have your own opinion, you know, and also look at modern egregore, which in my opinion is also a really big deal. What are modern practitioners saying and doing and practicing with that deity? Because that's going to influence their energy and who they, who they evolve. I think the gods evolve. So, you know, who is Apollo now compared to who was Apollo then could be different. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I also like Apollo because he's got, um, he's queer, you know, he's got lovers of all gender and I like that. And I, and I think that was very commonplace in Greece, but it's been written out okay. quite a bit. Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Because obviously if you're going to start utilizing these same concepts and, you know, taking them <laughs> into Christianity, you're going to have to change their, their way of looking at it. So, you know, they either, you know, they're celibate, they're this, they're the other thing they've, you know, because, that was what I was going to bring up is that, you know, he was, he loved maids and boys. He didn't, you know, it was like affairs always ended unhappily, but, yeah. you know, he <laughs> he kind of wound up either way anyway. Didn't matter. It was kind of like, okay, that's cool. But, I mean, yeah. he's the father of Asclepius, the, the god of yeah. medicine. You right. know, so, in actual, right. you know, there's so many things that as a god, he was very, um, he was very much part of. So there's this other side that I think gets, you know, just like I said, there is this other side that gets manipulated to be a little bit more um, used by, again, the higher God, Zeus, to take mm-hmm. on what they want. he wanted. So um, as I said, it, 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 I think it's because there's so much, in a, in a myth and a god that you see I'm watching hap, having just happened in our you know in the United States I just you know my brain is just like like can you see how I mean how someone could be thought of as the second coming you know because that's what controls the people and you know when I personally think when Apollo started or Artemis started, you know, the energies of it, I, I honestly feel it was a co-creative process. They might have had the priests or priestesses as intermediaries, but not to the point where they were the only ones. It was just, yeah. they, you know, and because of that, you could have this fluid reference with that particular energy, that deity. And um, now it's just, you know, it's, it's, you, you get people to do what you want them to do because mm-hmm. you suddenly promote whatever it is you're promoting. And I think Apollo got used just as much as a lot of the other deities got used for that basis. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. So anyhow, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and he's basically he's a pastoral god. He, you know, he cared for the herds of, you know, the herds and flocks, and you know that kind of thing. So I think he um, he had the lyre, which I didn't. You know, mm-hmm. I've forgotten that he had the lyre. You know, the musical instrument, the harp, the lyre. Yeah, that's pretty um, much the only thing I remembered about him before doing my research this week that he was connected to music. He invented the lyre, and he was the brother of Artemis. That was it. <laughs> 
And I, I kind of was on the other side with he was you know the sun, sun deity or god of you know that energy, and he was mm-hmm. you know into Delphi and the oracles, and you know he killed off the serpent here, a serpent who was tormenting his mother Leto, so he became mm-hmm. you know involved with that whole thing. So it was kind of like that's where I wound up, and it's not even because of my delving into this in a spiritual way. This is what I remember from you know learning the mythology in school (laughs) yeah yeah um why don't we take our little break which will be very little but it'll be little and then we'll come back and i will let you babble because i think i've kind of angled enough (laughs) well that's what we do here (laughs) (laughs) so go for it dear we'll go for it all right we'll be back in a moment Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. That was fun. I know. I know. We're just we're just like, hi, we're back. We bounced in, we bounced out. I love the I love it. Okay. Go for it, darling. Okay. What is what's well, going on with Apollo and you? I thought I would share the birth story, which I shared half of it last week when we talked about Artemis, right? We talked about um, they were born a day apart, blah, blah, blah. But I thought I'd go into a little more detail this time. So Apollo and Artemis are the children of Zeus, which in so many places I've read, Zeus is the king of gods, and it just makes me want to vomit because that's not true, and I hate that it's phrased that way, but whatever. Uh, their mother is Leto, who, or Leto, or however that might be pronounced appropriately, who is one of his many mistresses. Uh, and of course, because Hera is always the demon or demonized in these stories, when Hera discovers that Leto is pregnant, she's so pissed off, she puts, she wrongly focuses all of her anger on Leto instead of on Zeus, because, you know, whatever. And she creates a rule. She puts a, a basically a curse on Leto and says that she can't give birth on terra firma. She can't give birth anywhere on earth. So that's problematic. Where else are you going to give birth if you can't give birth on the land? So Leto tries to go to many places, and every time she tries, it doesn't work out. But the voice of Apollo from within her womb tells her about this floating island called Delos. And Delos is an island that is not attached to the earth. It is literally a floating island. And so Leto goes there 
And that is where she labors and gives birth. And first she gives birth to Artemis. On the sixth day of the week, she gives birth to Artemis. And Artemis uh, is born and immediately sees that her mother is in distress uh, and helps her mother labor and give birth to her twin brother, Apollo, on the seventh day. And when Apollo is born, he is carrying a sword, which is problematic if you're giving birth to a person (laughs) holding a sword. But his sword is golden, and as soon as he is born, everything on the island of Delos turns also to gold. Swans appear and circle the island seven times. He is so beautiful that the nymphs around them begin to sing in the light. He is washed by goddesses who attended Toledo. Uh, oh, that was the other thing that Hera did. Alicia, who is the main healer goddess of the Olympians, Hera steals her away so she can't help give birth, right? So that's why um, uh, that's why Apollo's sister had to step in and help because there was no midwife because of Hera. Uh, but Apollo decides during his birth, the island of Delos, Delos becomes fixed. It now has a connection to Earth. It's no longer a floating island. And ever since then, the island of Delos has been dedicated to the god Apollo. And I really like that story. I like the story of their birth from both of their perspectives. Um, mm-hmm. But I just find it really delightful. And he's connected to swans. That's like one of his many... Um, symbols and signs is the swan and the the lyre as we said and all that fun stuff but also whenever we've talked about Greek gods I talk about well wait let me pause that he's also as you mentioned the healer and he's the god of plagues which is interesting to have come up I didn't realize that he was connected Hmm. to plagues because pretty much any deity that is connected to healing is also connected to illness they have to you know it's two sides of the same coin Um, And so we see that and where his twin is connected to childbirth and labor and babies, he's connected to young children, like the next stage of life and coming from childhood and and stepping into manhood, like that really kind of awkward moment there and more so for boys than for girls. Hmm. Uh, But what I was going to say is, you know how the Greeks love their epithets and how every god has a million epithets? Apollo right. has more than any other. Like, he has so many epithets. We couldn't even, like, talk about all of them in the show. There are wow. so many of them. And I think that's just a sign. As Like, we were talking about, he really did become a god of the people, and he really did become this symbol of um, law and order and rules and was this, you know, voice of Zeus. And so we can see how his energy could have been manipulated um, mm-hmm. for, by people in charge, by the men in charge, because let's be real, who was in charge of Greek society from a, a governmental standpoint, that was the dudes. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's interesting. So many epithets. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know. They, yeah. they, they're, yeah. Comes, as you say, that, that intense, number of epithets is basically like okay he's everything he's anything and everything to anyone and everyone 
Right, right, exactly. Yeah, and the one thing I noticed in some of the writings about him is the epithets for many of the other gods are like, oh, this god's connected to this thing, and here's the epithet for it. But for him, they're categorized. Like, all these epithets are about the sun. All these epithets are about childhood. All these epithets are about music. So it's like there's so many of them they had to categorize them. Right, right. Interesting. Yes, it's he. He definitely has um, his own sense of what he does and where he goes with the the process. And people, I just you know reading about all the different lovers and what happened to them. You know, they get turned to cypress trees or laurel trees or you know whatever. It's it's kind of like the dude is never going to have one person. He had everybody. So it kind of presents it with why he's the god, more the god of the, the common man, so to speak, or woman. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the other, you know, he was so beautiful uh, when he was born, right? Like we mentioned mm-hmm. that a minute ago. Uh, and also, um, Many of his offspring, his kids, were considered to be very beautiful or, and really not or, and very skilled and talented. You know, a lot of his, his kids are connected to music and art and um, more of these creative um, pursuits, you know, uh-huh. where you might see, like, many times the children of a god will be connected to all sorts of things it's not it's kind of an interesting specialty that his uh kids are so so much focused on the arts so much focused on the arts and i find that really interesting he's also the patron of sailors which i find weird yeah i think i think it's the story, the reason he's connected to sailors, I think, is because in the story of Jason and the Ar- uh, Argonauts, Jason prays mm-hmm. to his patron, who happens to be Apollo, uh-huh. to help them when okay. they're lost and they're in a storm. So it's, I mm-hmm. think that's like, I think that's a stretch <laughs> for me personally to yeah. say that yeah. he's the god of sailors. He's not. He was. He's the god of Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Jason just wanted him. That was it. Right, exactly. That's interesting. Yeah, because, um, yeah, I'm just looking at this kind of like, um, this one was interesting. Well, I didn't notice. The mother of Asclepius, meaning was um, Coronis, and it was Chromate. That was that was kind of like I when I read that I kept thinking how did we get Native American in here because you know people mm. that's how they would talk about their their beings their their kachinas their their sacredness would be crow mother or you know whatever and crow maiden and I'm like okay Asclepius and the crows hmm interesting yeah yeah that is so, interesting yeah so anything else that you found that really intrigued you with this particular deity? Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, in the in some of the reading I did around his kids, um, there's also some fostering stories. Mm-hmm. Like he, you know, he fostered some some educated and uh, demigod type um, entities. One of the most famous being Chiron, uh, the centaur, right? Who is well known as a healer the wounded healer and that's mm-hmm. one of his foster children and I just find that really interesting I don't know that I've ever noticed very much about foster children in other writings I'm sure it's there uh, but that mm-hmm. just really stood out to me for some reason um, mm-hmm. also I found it like there's these um, people that he had a negative courting relationship with like there's not a lot of what I like about Apollo <laughs> <laughs> is there's not a lot of stories of like he loved this person but she didn't like him so he raped her like that you see that so much in Greek mythology oh you yeah you don't see that with his stories but you do see like the, one of my favorite actually the seer Cassandra I have a real challenging relationship with Cassandra not because of her and how she shows up in mythology but because so many modern practitioners try to put themselves off as Cassandra, like I warned you guys about this, but no one would listen to me. I'm just like Cassandra. And I hate that. I really find it distasteful <laughs> when people try to martyr themselves. Like I warned you all that this would happen. Um, but for those of you that don't know the story, Apollo courted Cassandra. He was in love with her and wanted to, to be with her and just like many of his attempted relationships, they he said he offers them anything. I'll, I'll offer you anything if you'll be, if you'll give me your love. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. And so she says, okay, um, I will return your love on one condition. I want you to give me the power to see the future. And he says, okay, done, granted. And and then she doesn't give her love to him which I'm guessing means have sex with him like quote 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 right right? Um, Right. and so he's so pissed off that she double crosses him and takes his gift and then doesn't give her love back to him in return Mm -hmm. that he curses her that yes you can keep this um, gift to see the future but no one will believe your prophecies and so Cassandra like predicted the Trojan War. She predicted all kinds of crazy Mm -hmm. shit, but no one listens to her because Apollo cursed her, right? Um, And I just, I I had forgotten that story, that how he was connected to that story, because I do know, like, Cassandra looms large in my world because I know so many witches and pagans who try to pretend that they are Cassandra and and can see the future, but no one believes them. Um, Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) The other spurned uh, love interest of Apollo was Hestia. And I, I didn't know that, um, you know, Hestia is a Titan. She's one of the oldest of the gods and gave mm-hmm. up her seat on Mount Olympus because she was the one Titan Zeus was going to keep around. Um, and both Apollo and Poseidon offered to marry her and she rejected both of their offers and said she would be forever unmarried. Uh, but I didn't know that. I didn't know about that oh. relationship to Hestia, which is it's always fun to learn new stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I knew that I knew something of 
Hesiod's background, but obviously I did not know that, you know, Apollo was one of the people that are gods yeah. that is courting her. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that he's, he's how many, and this is interesting, I have no idea why it came to mind, but with how many Apollos did we have of space vessels going out into space? Mm-hmm. That they named right. Apollo. Right. Well, yeah. That's kind of because modern man doesn't just. You know, I mean, they have. You know, there's reasons to honor things, but usually they're much more. You know, involved with either their personal names or their egos or you know something of that nature. But I, I you know, sending things off into space. Apollo. Apollo ten. Apollo mm-hmm. nine. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw this. I mean, totally not in relation to space or in any way, shape, or form, but there's also a section of him with Hecate. And I feel like, so I have to name this first before I go into what the connection is. Modern witches love to make everything connected to Hecate. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not one of those witches. Like, I'm not a fan of lumping everything together just to make it feel more witchy. Uh, but uh-huh. apparently one of his epithets is Hecatos, and both na- both Hecate and Hecatos translate as working from afar, which has to do with prophecy and foresight and, and all of that kind of energy. But Hecate uh-huh. was considered the gatekeeper, and so Apollo was considered the doorkeeper. Where Hecate is connected to the crossroads, Apollo is connected to the streets. Um, and ah. and one of the oldest temples for Hecate was found inside um, Apollo's temple in Miletos. So it, that is a very interesting uh, correlation there. Plus, if you look at Hecate as being connected to the the waning moon and and the crescent, you know, the final crescent mm-hmm. moon, and Artemis mm-hmm. being connected to you know the sickle, the or the not the sickle, the the other side of that, the the waxing moon, the the first of the of the crescent, there is another right. interesting interplay there with him being the sun. Right, right. Well, that's interesting. That really is because I know one of the things they talked about was that Apollo not only was the brilliant light, but he also represented the other side, which was dark. Mm-hmm. And so right. it would be like black, um, you know, the black circle versus the white circle that he represented both sides of that, which is interesting that you would then bring the other thing up because that kind of correlates in to um, to why they would say that, you know, why that mm-hmm. would be something that would be brought up as part of his many things that he, you know, was part of or did or had you know, rule over, so to speak. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it would mean, I, you know, because now Helios, is Helios, just out of curiosity, that is the sun. That, he would mm-hmm. be a, not, the, he's a titan. Yeah. Helios is a Greek, I mean, one of the Olympians. No, Helios is not one of the Olympians. Yeah. It would yeah. Be so, that's one of the other reasons why they try to usurp the sun to, to 
to Apollo. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, yeah. personally, from what we're what we're coming up with, uh, his energy didn't want to be the sun. His energy wanted to be all these other creative aspects. So mm-hmm. I suspect yeah. that's one of the other reasons why they, they it kept kind of sliding off and not yeah. being not being part of what he really did. So, yeah, it's so. interesting, right? With the with Helios and Apollo, they're um, you know, there are stories where they're conflated. There are stories where, you know, Apollo's chariot takes the sun across the sky throughout the day and it's, you know, it's pulled by swans. And But really, Helios was never fully um, removed from worship. Helios yeah. was always the sun. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic. I don't think, I think that's lost because we can't understand how the ancient culture worked. You know, I don't think we'll ever right. be able to fully get that. Right. Um, right. But I wanted to also name some of his, um, some of the things things he's connected to, like animals and whatever. So the sure. palm tree, he's connected to the palm tree. Animals sacred to him are wolves and dolphins, deer and swans, and cicadas. I guess that the, the note here is because there's, music with cicadas, I guess, Um, ravens, hawks, and crows, as well as snakes, mice, and griffins, Um, and that he often was connected to using a hawk as his messenger or turning into a hawk, which shows this sort of weird, um, uh, now I'm losing the name, Ison, not Hathor. Horus. Horus. Thank you, Horus. Yeah. So there is often a, a desire to conflate Horus and Apollo. Um, and right. that is, you know, the sun god energy and this hawk energy, which I hadn't realized before either. So that's mm-hmm. pretty interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting because you were talking about um, animals and, and, you know, different things. It's, oh, hyacinth. That was one. You know, the oh, highest yeah. plant is, is you know, comes, it's beautiful when it blooms, and it's basically comes from the fact that one of his lovers basically, um, I've got to get the whole thing here because I had it written down, of course, and I've been running back and forth from all my little papers to figure out where he was in terms of that tolerance hyacinth. He would be over on this one here. So basically, it was an accident that killed Hyacinth or Hyacinthia, and Mm -hmm. the blood that came from that turned into this blue. It turned into a plant that bloomed blue flowers, which is the Hyacinth. So that is considered sacred to him, to Apollo. That is, yeah. So it was kind of. I was like going, I have one. I never realized, you know, when I got the place I'm living in, um, the land isn't ours. We rent it from the, obviously, the owners of the property is part of the what we do here. And, you know, but we have to keep it nice. And so the lady that was here before planted a lot of bulbs and things. So I get daffodils and I get um, gladiolas and, uh, you know, all these irises. Well, I got this little plant and I was looking at it and I'm going, I think that's a hyacinth, and sure enough, I have one that's white and one that's blue, and I'm like, wow. So, um, because I've really never seen them except in drawings or, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of a thing. So it was an actual up-close and personal experience. So, 
I know Apollo's hanging out in the backyard. <laughs> nice. Walmart. Like yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah. And I did want to mention mytholo- mythologically that some of the creatures, you know, other than the griffin, is believe it or not, the phoenix, as well oh. as the centaur. Yeah, and a hippogriff, like which of course oh, anybody that that knows what hippogriffs are from Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I thought that was interesting because you know. Uh, some of them I can see, some of them I look at and I go, well, that sounds interesting. I'll, I'll let somebody else figure out how it got there, but it sounded interesting. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, and I think that part of the the challenge with him is that he is a god of colonization, and that is, like, proudly and clearly spelled out. And I know a lot of modern witches and pagans were not necessarily fans of colonization because we can see the problems in colonization and how you lose indigenous knowledge because of colonization. And so I think that is looking at it with our modern lenses, that's something we have to come to terms with and figure out how to work with in a modern construct where we don't want to be further colonizing, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, there, you know, but he does within order and reason and structure there is harmony and there is a desire for harmony and beauty and joy. And so, you know, that those things don't have to be mutually exclusive. And there's often this, you know, the the adjective of something being Apollonian or Dionysian, those are polar opposites where something Apollonian is very structured and rigid and rules and something very Mm -hmm. Dionysian is loose and flowing and no rules, anarchy or whatever. And I don't think that's Mm -hmm. necessarily true. In working with the gods, I think they're much more complex than that. And if we try to make them be too rigid, we're creating the problem, you know. Right. But anyway. But well, that's – and I think that's very good because he – Apollo, with the fact that we have twin Artemis that we talked about last week, um, they both come into – certain aspects, but we, we have to realize that, you know, here you are talking about things that are, you know, structured versus non-structured with another deity and, and how the, the, the way that the, the words suddenly become used in our modern culture, we have to realize that these go back to a time, as you say, we cannot go back to when they were doing this, and even farther back when they first came into some kind of indigenous tribe or whatever that decided this was the name they were going to call it, and there they were with this god or goddess. Mm-hmm. We can't get it because right. we've, we've gotten too far away from that. And even when we try to, you know, um, revive it, go back, you know, like we are going to go to the, we're going to go back and live on the land. And so we're doing it with modern precepts that whether yeah. we try to get rid of them or not, we will still have them. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah, exactly. I think it's time, my dear. I'm, I'm yeah, looking at our clock. that does it. Yeah. <laughs> We're at our time. Um, yeah, just a little plug real quick to, um, we will be having an Ask a Witch episode in the coming weeks, so please do write in your questions, and you can do that by going to our website, witchpriestdiscaldron.com. And there's a little info box where you can write your question. Um, so do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yes. And 
next week, I believe, I've got to go look at my ever-present little calendar here to determine is that we are doing um, astral projection. Ooh. Ooh. I know. That's kind of, we're, we're starting a whole new kind of way of doing things. Because then we, we actually have to structure in our Ask a Witch and yeah. we're to do another thing which we will leave as a mystery right now, but yeah. it's challenging for us to add that part of a new uh, episode every month or every six weeks or however we wind up putting it in. So yeah. stay tuned. Next week we will astral project. That's right. And in the meantime, have a good one. Stay safe. Have a good one. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.